This week on the Drew Goodman Podcast with Julie Brownman. It's a turbulent offseason for Major League Baseball and the Rockies. Nolan Arenado is a future Hall of Famer. If you make that deal, you better get a front-of-the-rotation type of arm back. A rising star in the broadcast industry. I really never thought I was going to come back to the Rockies, but I think I knew I wanted to work in baseball. But I really did picture myself working for ESPN on the sidelines. Like, man, holding that mic flag for the first time, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And the NFL Conference Championship Games. I think Kansas City is going to pick up right where they left off from last week. I think San Francisco is better defensively than Green Bay. This is the Drew Goodman Podcast with Julie Brownman. How long was 1917? Because he was going to see it tonight. Uh-huh. And he said, oh, it's great. It's only like an hour and 40, an hour and 45 minutes. I said, what? Because the Marky, who who edits and does everything, jack of all trades for us, Marky, it took him like eight trips to see the Irishman or eight <laughs> nights to see the Irishman. It's like Hanukkah. You know, you, you right. watch it for 45 minutes each night. On Netflix. That took me a while to get through, too. I haven't gotten through it. I watched the first half. I passed out. I don't even know if it was the first half. Why do they make these movies that are like six hours long? I don't know. You know that I only saw half of the first Star Wars and none of the ensuing Anyhow, so we're going to go try to see 1917. You're in. Too bad. Right. Hey, just want to let everybody know we did have a winner last week of our $50 in Boyer's product. That was Ryan Lehman. He wrote into the DrewGoodmanPodcast.com. He took a screenshot of he wrote a review on iTunes, a very actually a good review. And so he was one of those that we picked. We're going to tell you a little bit later. Margie's going to tell you a little bit later in the show how to win $50 in Boyer's product, one of our sponsors. It's going to be a little bit easier. <laughs> Margie's going to tell you how to do that. And you know what? Big thanks to, to Boyer's. Big thanks to Ideal Home Loans. And that's awesome because now people are participating and getting to win something on our little podcast, which, by the way, Julie, this is number 27. Did I, I mention that earlier? Yeah, you did. Um, yeah. I want to start right off the bat. Yeah. We're not really going to do Nolan right now because we don't know anything more than we did last week, although the rumors are still out there. Now with St. Louis, by the way, and I know that the rumors, it was the Rangers, and now it's St. Louis in the mix. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about Trevor's story because I feel like that's getting the ire of some Rockies fans. So there looks like the Rockies and Trevor's story are going to go to arbitration over $750,000. Trevor's story is arguably one of your best, one of your top players. Do you really need to go to arbitration? Don't arbit doesn't arbitration bring up some bad feelings? If if you end up going in that room, an odd thing because if it if they truly have to, you know, sit across from one another and they'll go, yeah, great, you know, you hit thirty plus homers and and you play Gold Glove defense, but you know, uh, in night games Wednesday and Thursday throughout the season, you only hit two twenty-seven. You know, they find something to tear you down. Right. I still would be surprised if it actually gets to the point where they go in the room. They can negotiate up until you know you close the conference room door. Mm-hmm. So there are many times where they say, "Oh, they're still far apart." And guess what? Seven hundred and fifty grand. My guess is. They'll end up somewhere in the middle, 375 given on one side, 375 given on the other. I would doubt that it'll go all the way to arbitration. And historically, um, you know, the Rockies haven't had many where they actually went to a, went to the room. I think they did with Brian Fuentes. And, and it was awkward. I remember talking to Brian Fuentes about it. It was, it was awkward because they're going to have to find negatives as to why mm-hmm. you're not going to pay them X, but you're willing to pay them Y. 
I remember talking to Tyson Berry on the Av side, and he said it, he went to arbitration. He's like, it's te- it's terrible, mm-hmm. it's terrible, right? Because both sides are supposed to point out um, kind of what's wrong with the other side. Mm-hmm. And I think there's 20 players that are right now in Major League Baseball that are headed for arbitration. Tony Walters, I think, is also headed for arbitration if it works out like that. Yeah, I, I still think most of those 20, it's not just the Rockies, most of those 20 throughout baseball will not end up actually getting to the room. At the mm-hmm. 11th hour, however you want to describe the 11th hour, they will get something done, especially when you're talking about a guy who's set to make you know, multi-millions and your part by 750. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we kind of got yelled at on Twitter when one of our, our podcasts last week is was about these rumors are not going away. Mm-hmm. And I think some people think that they're just rumors and people are just making it up. We're not the only people talking about this, by the way. And there really is no new information. The same reporter is really heading, John Morrissey is heading the lead on this. And now St. Louis is very much in, much in the mix. Do you have any clearer thoughts or any different thoughts on this? No, other than, and, and I said this on our podcast last week, I said it, I was on uh, High Heat with, with Chris Russo the other day, and it, it is one of the big topics. We'll, we'll get to now the other huge topic in baseball in a moment, but um, in, in terms of off-season moves since the winter meetings, this is, has really, uh, the story has grown. Now, interestingly, um, I, I do think there's there's credibility to it, John Mazalock and and you know St. Louis has been attached to these talks with the Rockies. The uh, you know general manager, University of Colorado product. He he grew up here and he's been a terrific GM for St. Louis. He went on his either his radio show or one of the local KMOX in um, in St. Louis and said, you know, don't believe ninety ninety five percent of what you hear this time of year. Well, that I, I believe that. I think he John's a really honest guy, but. Maybe the five or ten percent that we are hearing does have some validity uh, to it. I, I think the Rockies are cognizant of the fact that he can opt out after twenty twenty one, and I think they are exploring, and rightfully so. Will somebody absolutely blow them away with a deal that they believe they'll actually be better in the not too distant future because they acquire? a plethora of players and, and several uh, they think can have an impact. I, I've said it, Julie. I, Nolan Arenado is a future Hall of Famer. You, If you make that deal, you can't get back, in my mind, a bunch of prospects because most prospects never become stars or a superstar like Nolan. And they, you better get a front-of-the-rotation type of arm back because that's where the Rockies always struggle and it's what the sport is always about. I wish they didn't ha- they didn't have such a terrible season last year because I don't think we'd be talking about this, right? I wish they had built on going to the postseason and back-to-back seasons. I mean, they just went off the rails last season and because we know what we have in Nolan. So I mm-hmm. think if they had gone to the postseason again, they'd just keep building and building and building. But now all of a sudden we're having this conversation. Yeah, but here's something that, that bugs me a little bit. I don't know if I said this last week. When people, especially – uh, outside of Denver go, well, you know, the Rockies, I hear it a little bit in Denver also. Well, you know, the Rockies haven't done anything, right? Well, hold on a second. They haven't done a lot. I, I know this offseason, and they said they weren't going to be real active this offseason. They said potentially next offseason they could be very active because that's when the new television deal locally with AT&T uh, kicks in and, and it and it raises the amount of money they make. Correct me if I'm wrong. 
two of the last three years, or 67% of the time recently, the Rockies have gone to the postseason. Boston Red Sox won a world championship two years ago. They didn't go to the postseason last year. It's not a guarantee to go every year. They had a bad year. Nobody's trying to, to, to gloss over that. The Rockies had a bad year last year. The two previous years were good years. Right. So anybody involved, whether you are a fan, near or far, or you're a player, you can't say, well, the Rockies never win. This isn't Todd Helton going through, you know, five, six straight years where they were just, you know, an afterthought. They were pretty good two of the last three years. They got to get back to where they were in 17 and 18, clearly, because 19 was bad. You know who's having a bad year is the Houston Astros. Oh, goodness. Right? Julie, I... I, I want to hear your take on this. Mine is Manfred did the absolute right thing. You absolutely had to throw the book at the Houston Astros, and, and Alex Cora got fired right. also mm-hmm. by the Boston Red Sox. They mutually parted ways. He had to make an emphatic statement. Were you it, surprised that it was so strong? I knew it was going to be strong. I didn't know it was going to be. Well, they suspended. I mean, it wasn't. They let both the GM and the manager go, right? They suspended them, and then the Houston, the Houston team. Jim Crane, who owns the team, an hour, literally one hour after that announcement came, Fired he them. had his own press conference that we're firing them. Yeah, which I think he had to do, just like Boston had to part ways with Alex Cora. It is a time-honored tradition in baseball to try to steal signs. It is very much part of the game. If you're on second base, you try to see the sequence of the catcher's signs to the pitcher. Um, it's done at every level, literally gone up to the to, to Major League Baseball. Okay, you coach. Mm-hmm. Try to steal signs all the time. Absolutely. Really? Try to steal third base signs. You try to steal if the, if the pitching coach from the other dugout is flashing to his catcher, which is pretty typical, pitches, um, we try to steal them. Every, every team does that. That is part of baseball. And if we get them, Mm-hmm. shame on the team that allowed you to get them, right? That is, again, part of the fabric of baseball. It's part of the um, charm of baseball, if you will. But to have cameras set up yeah. and to videotape, it's verboten. And if you just gave them, again, the proverbial slap on the wrist, that would not have spoken to the other 29 teams and said, no, we, you are not going down this road. And so I think he had to do that. In the NFL, though, there's been, you think of the Patriots, there's videotaping, right, of other things happening. It's interesting that in baseball, it's so, it, it, the the reaction was different, mm-hmm. you know. And, and maybe it should be in the NFL, too. Yeah. Maybe it should be. And I will say this, because I've gotten to know A.J. Hinch. He's a good guy, decently. right? Julie, he's a great guy. Um, I, I've gotten to know Alex Cora through the years quick story about Alex Cora when he was still playing and he he had a you know a long and and very solid career Jim Tracy who was then the manager of the Dodgers this before he was the manager of the Rockies um, told me in a conversation that Alex Cora was going to be a manager in baseball one day and was the the best suited guy who had ever played for Tracy to be a manager 
and and he knew it of what he spoke because several years later, shortly after he retired, he became a manager. He won a world championship his first year with Boston. Good guy, and I do hope those guys get a second chance. I was just going to ask you, do you think they're blackballed? Here, here's why I, I'll say no, because they do have a good guy reputation throughout baseball. And secondly, it's the A-Rod factor. A-Rod was, was baseball's biggest villain, right? Mm-hmm. And now A-Rod is a darling. Right. Americans love second chances, especially, you know, A-Rod wasn't looked upon with a warm and fuzzy feeling, Mm -hmm. um, certainly when he went through all the PED stuff. Alex Cora messed up. Um, A.J. Hinch messed up. But people who know them in the game, Uh good guys. Yeah. A little bit later in the show, speaking of baseball, we're going to hear from Taylor McGregor, who is the sideline reporter for the Colorado Rockies. I really like her. She is so likable. There is a reason why we're talking to her. If that's not a tease, right? That's a that's a really good. It's tease. a really. Good, I mean, it's a it's it's a good reason. Well, but, we we love to talk to Taylor anyhow, um, right. and I know you have. There, there's a sisterhood with with women in yeah. sports broadcasting. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. But first, let's talk about Boyer's Coffee. Who, of course, we are at. We have started our partnership with Boyer's Coffee, and they are one of the sponsors of our podcast. We give away now a chance to win a fifty dollar in Boyer's product. I don't know if you you tweeted out the. um, It was like a gift basket that we give people. It's awesome. Boyer's is right by my office. It's right on Washington seventy two ninety five Washington Street. I went there. I've been there three times last week and got their flavor of the month, which is amaretto. Oh my god, it's so good. There's. You know, I've become a coffee fiend, mm-hmm. and they make great coffee. They they have like the trifecta. They make great coffee. They're local, and they're huge Rockies fans. So, I mean, you got to support them. You got to support them. Boyerscoffee.com. You can learn more about the Boyer's story. Uh, by the way, there's recipes on there. You can make a Boyer's coffee steak rub or Boyer's coffee fudgicles or Boyer's coffee barbecue sauce. Are you serious? Yeah. Doesn't that sound good? That. Yeah. So what you do is you put the rub on the steak, and then after for dessert, you have the old fudgesicle. <laughs> exactly. Middle Maybe school. We'll- that reminds me of middle school, dining hall. I would have a fudgesicle after lunch. So stop by the headquarters at Boyer's, or you can find them uh, in your local grocery. And now Marky's going to tell us how to win $50 in Boyer's product. The Drew Goodman Podcast with Julie Brownman is sponsored in part by Boyer's Coffee. Drew and Julie are giving you the chance to win $50 in Boyer's Coffee. Hey, so that's like a lot of coffee, right? Is, is that okay? okay? Okay, so we're doing this. Okay. Here's how to enter. Send a question about the Rockies, the NFL playoffs, or anything in the world of sports to the Drew Goodman Podcast. If Drew and Julie read your question on the next show, you win. Seriously, Lo, it's like a lot of coffee. Are we, are we sure? We're sure? Okay. Okay, I'll shut up. Go to the DrewGoodmanPodcast.com. Click on contact and send your question. And thanks to Boyer's Coffee from the Drew Goodman Podcast with Julie Brownman. We had an opportunity to catch up with somebody who is a rising star in our business and has become a great friend. It's funny to say that because I watched her grow up a little bit. Taylor McGregor. All right, I want to take you back. How cool was it for you when you were working in Arkansas after college and you get the call that you're going to get to come back home, which is very special to you, and also work for the Rockies where 
obviously your dad was a president and super special for you. Yeah, it was so special. I mean, I think when you're in this profession, you always kind of dream of making it to the network level. And so that was a huge step for me going from local TV to the, to the network level was a huge jump. And then obviously to be able to come home and work for the Rockies, it, it was a dream come true. And I cried. Uh, Allison Hill, one of our producers, she was the one who called me and said, you know, you're our choice. And I remember I was driving and I <laughs> pulled over and I was crying and, um, you know, it was so exciting. And for a lot of reasons and um but as you mentioned probably the coolest just like being able to grow professionally in the same halls that I roamed as a kid and the same halls that my dad grew professionally so yeah i mean it was it was probably words cheap in how how cool of an experience it's been you know i've always been really proud of you um for a lot of reasons but in working in a place and at times dealing with um, not that you deal with the legacy of your dad, but aware of, of the presence and, you know, and how important the McGregor family name is to the Rockies. And when that has come up, whether it's you doing it or it's been initiated somewhere else, even on the air, you, you've always handled it well. And, and inside, I'm like, I, I think not just me, but everybody who knows you well is like, okay, you know, is this going to go okay? And, and you've always handled it superbly. Did you know you would? Well, you know, I think there's different things that probably trigger me emotionally. Um, but I just, I think it's one of those, I'm, I'm a true believer that he's with me and he probably gives me some of that strength. Um, cause there's sometimes I'm like, why am I crying? Um, but you know, I, I always think about his legacy with, with just so much pride. And so a lot of the times when his name gets brought up, whether I bring it up or like you said, other people, it's just, I love, I love talking about it because I'm so proud to be his daughter. And, um, it's something that just brings me great joy. And, um, so that's probably what has come across on air and to other people is, is just that pride. And so that's kind of a natural thing that, um, just being his daughter that, that I, kind of have that that has come through in those situations so i appreciate that thank you you know what also has to be pretty neat is that you have been so well received and we all know in this day and age of social media and a twitter universe that you know the people who troll and people who just turn things and want to be ugly and negative for no other reason than maybe their life is miserable um you have been exceptionally well received and, and that has to feel good Oh, well, thanks. Um, you know, there's always the fair share of people who probably haven't been the nicest. But listen, I was 24 when I got this job and that it's a really young age to kind of get to this level. And um, so there has been some growing pains. And so I always kind of take that and understand just where I'm at, you know, and and letting and never letting those people determine who I am. And so um, I feel like. For the most part, everybody's kind of my face. It doesn't mean everybody <laughs> always thought the nicest things, but I, I kind of understood where I was at and I understood if there was things that, um, you know, I probably could have gotten better at or wasn't, you know, you know, different being self-aware, I guess, is the thing that I kind of took. But, um, the thing that I am just so proud of is is the team that we we have all had because I wouldn't be where I am now and kind of had the success relative success that I that I've 
experience in Denver without without the team because like I could never have done this alone. You guys really helped that transition and I guess if I was well received, that's a credit to you. <laughs> to all you guys, Drew and, and everybody at AT and T. Well, it's been a lot of fun and we have, you and I have a lot of fun together. I mean, you're like kind of my little sister, if you will. And, and I think it probably surprised people to hear this that we're sharing on this podcast that you and I hang out a lot together on the road, even though I'm, you know, your dad was, was a good friend as, as I think people you know, who, who follow the Rockies know. And I am, I'm doing the math, I am 30 years older than you, but, um, you know, you make me laugh and I think, uh, I can get that guttural laugh out of you. Taylor, Taylor has one of the great laughs of all time and I'm going to get it out right now. Well, nobody wants to hear that. Let's be honest. Um, yeah. She could wake up six neighborhoods, four counties away. And make the catch jump out the window, as somebody once tweeted at me. Um, no, Drew is one of the people who doesn't even say funny things and makes me laugh. So I don't know. All, all my shit is funny. Stop that. I don't know. Um, podcast great. I can actually swear like I do when we're having dinner and I'm allowed to do that. Yeah, exactly. And if you want to know what he orders for dinner, it's a salad with salmon on the top. I can pretty much tell you that with a Bud Light. Um, Not that anybody wants to know that, but now you do. Um, No, but it's just been so much fun seeing all of America. I mean, we have our spots in the different cities. There's a place in Milwaukee that we go and eat broccoli, which sounds really weird, but... And potato chips. <laughs> and potato chips. How about that combination? <laughs> yes, quite the combination. That's one of my favorites, honestly. Love that place. Love that place. Um, it's just been so much fun. I think what, even despite the age differences, we just have so much that we relate to. I feel like we see pretty eye to eye on a lot of things and uh, we agree or disagree, but then it makes for great conversation. Like we're always debating, oh, what should the Rockies do here, or what happened in the game tonight? And and we're we're both so passionate about the team and about baseball, and I mean, really all sports. We talk about everything. Um, and then you know my family, I know your family, and so I think that helps because we're always checking in on other people. And um, but yeah, it's just it's just been so much fun and. Um, <laughs> I, I wish I could tell you that he was really funny, but I think it's just <laughs> something about him that makes me laugh. I don't know what it is, true, but uh, yeah, it's it's just probably my laugh com- comes across and he thinks it's funny enough to keep me around. And that's probably actually why he keeps me around now that I'm saying it out loud. He only hangs out with me because he needs somebody to make him feel like he's actually funny. And I do that. I'm glad I didn't cut you off there. I just I let, let you go. There you go. We don't even need a microphone for this thing. <laughs> exactly. It's the, it, it's the greatest laugh ever. But I, you know what? Do any of your siblings laugh in the same manner? No, but my dad did. Do you remember my dad's laugh? Yeah. He, your dad had an infectious laugh. Yeah, so I think that's pretty much where I got it, good or good or bad. Yeah. Okay, you did college football for ESPN this year, which was a great feather in your cap. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I saw several of your hits, and I was re- I know this sounds weird, but I was really proud of you because uh, you did a lot of good things, and I think you're they're going to expand your role from what you were telling me, which is awesome. How cool was that? You know, it was it was honestly, and like I keep saying, dream come true, and I know that's a cliche, but. I think when you work in sports TV, like I said, 
the network level, like for so long, ESPN was kind of the mothership, right? And so I went to college in the South wanting to do big time college football and and so that was always something like I, uh, but but Arkansas doesn't play college football. Uh, just occasionally, you know, we, we were actually number three in the country when I was there. So let's not forget we were really good. And then, you know, Bobby fell off his motorcycle and something else happened. Right. <laughs> Somebody else fell off with him. <laughs> yeah, that's a different story. So yeah, we were actually good. Uh, no, but going back to to that, you know, I I didn't. I really never thought I was going to come back to the Rockies, but I think I knew I wanted to work in baseball. But I really did picture myself working for ESPN on the sidelines. Like that that was always something I'm like, okay, I'm going to do that. I didn't know where I was going to work in baseball, but ESPN was like, okay. And man, holding that mic flag for the first time, I was just like, "Oh my gosh, this is crazy." You know, like what is happening? I still feel like I'm a college student who gave me this microphone, you know, and I remember feeling all the nerves and um and it was it was a surreal moment, kind of my first hit. Just I, I was just on ESPN. That's crazy, you know. That's something that I've dreamed about, and um, so it, it's just been so so cool. And and I think college football, and you can attest to this because we've done some college football together at AT and T. It's it's so different than baseball because every week is such an event. You know, like you spend all week preparing for this game and talking to coaches and getting to know players over the phone and and you have different teams each week and so like you cover all the Mountain West but for me like I was kind of getting thrown all over the country so really having to spend time and learn these teams every single week and so it was an entirely new challenge which I really appreciated um people always are like well, what's your favorite baseball or football I'm like well I love them both they're just so different like as a broadcaster they're truly so different and as a sideline reporter like totally different role so yeah it was so much fun um thanks for the compliments it was uh it really was a dream come true and i look forward to doing more in the future so you, you describe that as i as i do oftentimes two things um people will come up and say hey what's your favorite and baseball from a play-by-play standpoint lends itself uh, more readily than the others to be anecdotal i mean you have time to get stories in and really get a little more in depth on uh, on an on an athlete or or a funny story that sort of thing um but you're right in football it is in college it's 12 events and you work all week as the players do and the coaches do to get ready for that one event and if there's only 12 of them or in the nfl 16 of them each one is profoundly important where in baseball not that you don't want to see the rockies win every day but the reality is you know they're going to lose even in the greatest year you're going to lose 60 some odd times in fact the rockies in the years they've won 90 plus that means they're losing 70 times there's a lot of losing and it's like you know win lose win 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 lose you know Mm -hmm. so it, it is different um what is it about broadcasting that you first became enamored with and said you know this is where i want to go one day I know it it sounds cliche, but just talking about ball, right? Like I was an athlete growing up. Um, I was a super big tomboy. I always wanted to be around sports and, and I was kind of thrown into sports, A, because I played them. And that was really the main focus. Um, but then B, if I wanted to see my dad, we were going to the ballpark. And so I, you know, I spent time with them at home, you know, cause, 
going to the ballpark was, you know, my home life away from school and, and sports and whatever. So it was just something that I was always around and I loved talking about it. Um, I loved debating like what's going to happen here or who's going to do this or, you know, look at this guy. And, um, and so I, for a while, I never put the love of broadcasting with that love of, you know, just talking about sport and, and storytelling. Um, and then I remember it was actually around, well, it was right after my dad passed away. I, I spoke at his funeral and, um, did some public speaking and people were like, you, you know, you're really good at public speaking. Have you ever thought about going into broadcasting? I'm like, no, I really haven't thought about that. But, you know, sports broadcasting actually sounds like the perfect fit. And, and at the time there was Krista Thompson and then Alana. So there was female faces in my house every single night. And so I was able to kind of put together, Oh, that's, you know, that's a career that I could take. And since once I started studying those people's careers, um, I thought that's really something that I think I would like to do. And, you know, baseball, like you talked about, it lends itself to being more storytelling. And I loved that. I loved, I wanted people at home to love the Rockies as much as I did. And, and that's kind of why. Ultimately, I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. I wanted people to be as passionate as I am about it. Yeah, that comes across. Tell a quick story for everybody out there. Um, one of the first stories I heard about Taylor from her dad, we were up skiing. Was, your dad and I, as you know, used to ski quite a bit together with um, another couple of guys. And he was really concerned about you because Taylor would go straight down the mountain. <laughs> And the McGregors had a house up in Breckenridge and Taylor would not turn. She would go straight down the mountain like a derelict. And it really – and, and I remember your dad saying, I'm really concerned because you would not – you know, you would not turn. You would be going 900 miles an hour and he was really concerned about you, which is kind of your personality <laughs> and it's paid off well for you. Okay. So now we're going to break some news. Not that I'm ever into breaking news. All right, I could care less because now in this day and age of, oh, we were first, everybody has every story within like a nanosecond of one another. And this this one's tough for me and you know and I'm not going to try to make you emotional. But when you told me recently, um, I was like so happy for you, thrilled for you, proud of you. But on a selfish level, I was bummed for all of us. Um, at AT&T and me personally because you and I spend a lot of time together um, and, and also for, for Rockies fans. And so people are like, what's happening? What's happening? It's great news. Taylor is going to go to work for the Chicago Cubs in their new network. And it's an expanded role and one they called you and, and it's awesome. So congratulations. Well, thanks. Thank you. Yeah, I'm going to not get emotional, but um you know, when this opportunity kind of first presented itself, I didn't really have a ton of interest because I was like, you know, I'm super happy in Colorado. Why would I do that? And then, um, you know, I kind of started having more conversations and everything started getting more serious. And I kind of had to step back and take emotions out of everything and say, okay, what is my ultimate career goal? And, you know, my ultimate career goal would be to be on a national network full time. And, um, I think there's different opportunities that present your, like 
present itself in our careers, whether you're in broadcasting or whatever, that seem like the right fit to kind of take a step up. And and for me, this was, it'll have the chance to, like Drew said, a more expanded role, more games, um, a bigger market. And so it, it seemed like the right fit for me to be challenged and grow in my career. Um, but that doesn't mean it was an easy decision. I mean, it was totally not easy at all. I mean, there's been a lot of tears and, you know, a lot of thought and prayer that went into this um, because the Rockies are always going to be a part of who I am. They're always going to be family and uh, Colorado will always be home. Uh, but I think for ultimately where I want to get to in my career, this was just a step that I had to take. And I, if I didn't, I probably would have always been, well, you know, what if, what if I did this? And so I didn't want any what ifs and I decided to pursue it. So here we are. And it's sad, um, but exciting at the same time. So you're doing the right thing. Career wise, you're, you're doing the right thing. And, and that's not to take anything away from what we all do. Cause I'm so proud of what we all do. And I think we, um, you know, present regional baseball as well as anybody, uh, in the country. And I know, and I know we do, but this opportunity was, was a unique one. And so, as I said, you know, we're all, uh, you know, thrilled for you and proud of you. Um, but the one caveat is, um, after this interview concludes and you officially move on to the Cubs, it'll be the last time we speak until, um, you come back. You understand that? <laughs> yeah. Until he remembers that nobody else thinks he's funny and then he has to call me well, you and also, you do a lot of laughing <laughs> for somebody who's not funny. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're right. So I guess I'm just going to have to boost his self-confidence. So you'll let me back in eventually. I know. I know you will. I'm, I'm going to call you like five minutes before air and harass you um, just to test your mettle. Um, but we can tell the people at home one story. Well, multiple stories, but it's told in one form. Um Basically, every time before I go on air, Drew will get into my earpiece and talk to me and say something incredibly sarcastic and basically say, don't mess up. We're all counting on you. So I will miss that. I don't know if I'll ever be successful again on air without having that sarcastic comment to keep me to keep me. Yeah, Settled. basically off air. Nobody can hear us. We'll be like 20 seconds before we're coming back and Taylor's taking it out of break. And I'll tell the truck, hey, op- open up my mic so I can talk to Taylor. And I will say, Taylor, don't F this up. Yeah. All right. We're, everything's going great right now. So don't screw this whole thing we're up. We're all counting on you. Yeah. That's a big, big line. Mm-hmm. Or Taylor, who knows? Well, I, I don't so know. It's going to have one or two effects on you. It's either going to make you really tense. <laughs> War was going to loosen you up. I know he's had the latter effect, so I take credit for that. Yeah, yeah. So it's all thanks to you. Proud of you. I'm really proud of you. Take care. Thanks. All right. Love you. Bye. Love you, too. (laughs) That was our Ideal Home Loans interview of the week, Taylor McGregor. And so we want to tell you a little bit more about Ideal Home Loans, which uh, is a preferred mortgage provider of the Colorado Rockies. They have been the last several years. Julie, all of our friends, I was in this uh, boat recently, just bought uh, a new house, and so you got to go get a loan, right? Interest rates are fabulous right now, so whether you're consolidating debt, getting a new home, or refinancing, Ideal Home Loans, 303-867-7000, 303-867-7000. When you buy that ski house you were talking about, that you're going to call it that chalet, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. that eight-bedroom chalet, 12 mm-hmm. bathrooms. 
Um, you're going to call Ideal Home Loans I and Brent Ivinson. I am. Right. Yeah. I love the interview that you did with Taylor McGregor. I'm a big fan of hers. Um, as I mentioned before, she's gotten she got re- she's gotten very good. When she first started, she was pretty green, mm-hmm. right? Um, I enjoy watching her. As a, I would say, an ex-TV female sportscaster, we tend to watch other females a little differently because we want to make sure women doing this are in it for the right reasons. There's I've a- had this conversation with other female sportscasters because sometimes you see women and you're like, ooh, what's going on here? She's fantastic. She works her tail off. Yeah. And- you know, as you as you heard in the interview, I'm really, really proud of her. Um, and I don't want that to sound weird, but you know, I'm thirty I'm literally I'm thirty years older than than Taylor, and I see how hard she works. I see the sense of team that she has, which I, I know comes from her parents and her and her late dad, who was, you know, obviously a great football player and and brought that sense of team to the Rockies as president of the Rockies. Um, she has the greatest laugh of anybody I know. And you heard it's pretty it, awesome. You're right. I heard a little bit in the interview, <laughs> but first of all, I want to criticize you for a moment. Um, you're not an ex sportscaster <laughs> on TV. You'll never see these curly locks on TV. Why? You never know. No, and you're still sportscasting because yeah. you're doing this podcast, which is covers, you know, it's kind right. of eclectic. Um, but I, do I never th- I do want to do TV. <laughs> no, but I do think there is a sisterhood, though. Yes, there with is. All very you much. guys, and I know that you have always been friends with, and I know periodically get together with the other women, at least in our market. Mm-hmm. Love Jenny Kavnar, by the way. Yeah, you and Jenny are buddies. Yeah. No, I. You guys have a great crew, by the way. And we're gonna miss, and we are gonna miss Taylor. Part You're of that interview Taylor. was a bummer I'm, to yeah. hear those, that news. I think I, I know the audience is gonna miss Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm going to miss Taylor, and, I, and hopefully it came across in the interview twofold. One, what she's brought to our team, and we have such a great team at AT&T um, in our Rockies broadcast. We're, we're really close, legitimately. I'm going to miss that, and I'm going to miss kind of off the field, not that we play, but you know what I mean, away from the booth, mm-hmm. um, because she's she's one of my buddies. And even though I'm much older than her. She laughs at her jokes. Yeah, she laughs at my jokes. Yep. Like she said, she puts up with me. All right, so let's do, as we as we get to the end of this podcast, let's do our Boyer's What's Hot segment. Two things, college football, I know you want to weigh in on that, and the NFL playoffs coming up. Let's just, with the NFL playoffs, let's just pick our Super Bowl teams. Who's going to win this weekend? I think I want Green Bay to win, um, but they're going to San Francisco. I think San Francisco is better defensively than Green Bay, and, and they're pretty good offensively. I think San Francisco beats Green Bay. I think they're in the Super Bowl, and I was shocked. I, I If you asked me, I think we talked about this, Julie, a week or two ago. I had Baltimore, like just about everybody else, going to the Super Bowl, and they get their butts handed to them. It wasn't even close at home by Tennessee. I know. And I know Lamar Jackson had a better performance, but for the second year in a row in the playoffs, he was not all that. I love Lamar Jackson. I you 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 want to push it away, but it's real. I know, and you're like you're like a lot of people. They they want Lamar Jackson has started twenty something football games in his NFL career and in the two playoff games there were a lot of reasons they lost. It wasn't all on Lamar no, Jackson. No, it wasn't. But and he what didn't rise to the occasion. I just I, um, I will take his future and okay. his present. Okay. He's the MVP of the league. Right. And and I'll 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 leave it at that. But now Tennessee goes to Kansas City. 
I don't think, Julie, what do you, I don't think Tennessee can score enough to hang with Kansas City. I think Kansas City is going to pick up right where they left off from last week. A terrible start. A terrible start. You see what I tweeted at? I said, what, I, I said I forget, something along the lines of, like everybody else, hello, did they realize the game started? It was right. ridiculous. Right. The first three guys who the ball was thrown to dropped the pass. Yeah. Andy Reid's not going to let that happen muffed again. muffed punt return. Yeah. There was, they even dropped a kickoff return, but they recovered it. It was terrible. Okay, so I have Kansas City in that game, too. And I also have San Francisco. So and City. I will root for Kansas City if that's the case in the Super Bowl. So a lot, because I, I love Patrick Mahomes. Okay, you college, know David Dahl's wife handles all his marketing. Yeah, yeah I did yeah. know that. There was an article in Denver Post. Uh, college football, which you know I'm meh. I love college football. The, I know. the national championship game was a good game, not a great game. Um, I, I've said it many times. There's so much more look forward to that type of big game than I do with the NFL. Not that I'm not going to be watching the NFL. I think it's a better product. We now have different tiers. You know, we have FBS and FCS, right? It used to be Division 1A and, and 1AA. There are now, Julie, honestly, four, maybe five teams that have really separated themselves from the rest of the pack. You can say, hey, I'm, we're a top 25 team. There's a huge difference from being, you know, number eight Penn State or number nine Notre Dame and Alabama, Clemson, LSU, their Ohio State. They're in a different area code. And you saw it on display in that national championship game. The speed is different. The depth of talent is different than even those other so-called national powers. They're like the mini NFL. I'm telling you. Joe, how about how good is Joe Burrow? How good is Trevor Lawrence? You know what we're not going to see anymore in the NFL? What the dying breed? I'm, you know me, I'm a Giant fan. The Eli Manning, who's a friggin', and I know Eli's perhaps going to retire, but the Tom Brady's, who's the goat, right? There's statues back there. Yeah, you now got to have move quarterbacks. I don't just mean Lamar Jackson, who who's like a running back playing quarterback and and throws the ball very well. I'm talking about guys like more like Russell Wilson, more like um, possibly Drew Locke. Drew Locke, absolutely. They're athletes. Joe Burrow, mm -hmm. athlete, third and eight, sitting in the pocket, tucks it down and picks up eighteen. Same thing with Trevor Lawrence. He had that sixty-seven yard run in the semifinal. Um, as we end the podcast, you are a Giants fan. Is Pat Shermer going to be good or bad for the Broncos? I think Pat Shermer's proven to be a better offensive coordinator than head coach. Here's what I'll say about that. Say I it. sound like Forrest Gump. Here's what I have to say about <laughs> that. Most of these guys are, re are, are, are gifted at what they do. Certainly Pat Shermer has a distinguished history in the NFL. But guess what? What? It's, about the, it, it's always about the talent you have, right? Mm -hmm. If you have Russell Wilson running your operation and you have pretty good wideouts, and you have a good running game. I picked Seattle, and their running game was depleted, and they took Marshall or Marshawn Lynch back. Julie, if, if you have the horses, you're going to be pretty good. It's easy to play call when you have the horses. See you in the next 28 next week. It'll be podcast number 28. I look forward to that. See you next week. Really, man, come on. Six o'clock news. Say somebody been shot. Somebody's been abused, somebody blew up a building, somebody...